Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome to Modern Day Debates. Today, we are talking about the topic, is belief in the Christian God reasonable? I'm really excited about this. We have four amazing speakers tonight. Um, some of them have been on here before, so really excited to host them again. Um, we are a channel that that hosts many debates, um, so if you really like debating, please hit that subscribe button. Um, also, we have linked all of the speakers below, so if you really like what they are saying, please feel free to go and check out their content in the description box. Um, so first off, I'm going to let the speakers introduce themselves. Uh, we can start off with Maddox. Maddox, what can people find in the link in the description preview? Oh, appreciate you uh, having us on. Should be fun. Looking forward to the uh, conversation and the dialogue and the uh, combat from a mental and verbal perspective. Um, my channel is Logical Plausible Probable. Uh, if you head over there, I mostly focus on uh, looking for the self-explanatory, logical, plausible, and probable uh, reasons for our existence. And uh, one of my main focuses right now is kind of attacking uh, abiogenesis and uh evolution kind of decimating the uh, high level talking points that the average person doesn't actually go and uh, substantiate for themselves and uh, yeah, have some fun having uh, dialogues like this but uh, should be fun looking forward to it folks awesome all right smoky what can people find at your link sure absolutely thank you so much clarissa and uh, thanks for hosting and being the moderator appreciate it yeah um you'll find me to be very similar to maddox yet quite different in the sense that i tackle it less on the scientific level and more on the theological and philosophical justifications for the existence of god i host open mics regularly topical discussions please come on by you can come in share your opinion give your objections and if you're really really dumb you might just get smoked all right, Amy, what can people find? What would people be able to find? All right, I guess do you have any social media, anything that people can look you up after the, uh, the stream, Amy? I think you actually might be muted. Wait, you know what? We're going to come back to you, Amy. James, how about you? Anything that that people would be able to find at your link? Is going on. They're both muted. James, you're muted. <laughs> oh, okay. Can you hear me? There yes. you go. Okay. So I was, I'm not a YouTuber. I don't have any content uploaded as of yet, but James is nice enough once in a while to let me on to... Uh, discuss important topics like this so i appreciate the chance to speak with these two representatives of christianity all right sounds good um and how about you amy um oh it looks like we had a slight little switch here can you hear us amy 
Yes. Can you um, hear me? Yes, yes, yes. What can we find at your league? So you can find a bunch of, I would say, skeptic-based comedy. I'm working on a podcast and uploading more debates. All right. Sounds good. Perfect. Um, so the structure of the debate tonight is going to be five-minute openings from each of our speakers. Uh, we're going to start off with an affirmative. Um, Maddox and Smokey are going to start. Um, and then Amy and James are going to finish up. We're going to have about an hour of open discussion. And then that's going to lead into about 30 minutes of question answer. So um, we're definitely really excited. And uh, Maddox, Smokey, the floor is yours. All right. Clarissa, thank you so much. I guess I'll go ahead and uh, get the ball rolling here. Well, sincerest thanks to Modern Day Debate for hosting this exchange. And of course, to our opponents and my partner, I'm actually glad to be able to accept this debate challenge from my atheist Patreon, James W., who has certainly been anticipating this debate. So thank you so much, brother. Appreciate it for lining this up, and I'm excited to do it with you. Um, as is expected, the theists have the burden of proof for this debate yet again, as is typically the case, but one might wonder why. The implication of the God deniers, the naturalistic, unguided mechanisms, are sufficient to explain the origin of life and the cosmos. It is an assertion made through the denial of the existence of a de deity. While they expect so-called evidence for this deity to lack the ability to recognize the lack of evidence for what they hold to be true in pure hypocritical fashion. The acceptance of the existence of God is an inference carried partly by our recognition of the necessity of the divine mind in the emergence of our reality. The God deniers will simply deny this inference to draw one of their own that has even less evidentiary support than that which they are rejecting. Ultimately, an atheist justification for the nature of reality is fallaciously circular. It tends to go like this. If everything wasn't fine-tuned and uniform, we wouldn't be able to be here to have this conversation. The atheists will use the conclusion to justify the premise, but this doesn't actually explain anything, and it isn't any actual evidence for their justification in the belief in pure naturalistic processes. To me, the denial of any deity at all has become a fool's errand, a world of limitless denialism and shifting goalposts of the nature or the amount of evidence required. No atheist can actually make a generally all-encompassing statement that there is not enough evidence to accept the existence of a god. The statement is simply of the insufficiency of evidence. Um, the statement of the insufficiency of evidence is only a statement to their own epistemological or ontological perspectives, which may or may not be functioning properly. And additionally, they may or may not even have a functional definition of what qualifies as evidence. The true absurdity of the pure naturalistic atheist position is to ignore any and all inferential evidence of the divine and usually find some way to set a standard of evidence that is unrealistic to reality or the claim. It seems to me that atheists will often try to set the burden of proof just outside the nature of the claim of what is even realistically expectable. Similar to the demand that God must manifest a square circle in our three-dimensional reality. Atheists ultimately have no reasonable reason, um, to, to me at least, uh, to not at least be deists believing in a non-personal deity that was required for the emergence of the universe and life based upon all the fine-tuning constants and variables. But they even deny this and their attempts to set the standard unreachable by proponents of a personal deity. 
Atheist challenges to the falsifiability of a theistic claim are generally fallacious with some sort of mild scrutiny. Expecting something outside the nature of the claim is not operating in the honest pursuit of knowledge, but is simply an attempt at self-validating sophistry. Expecting the Christian God to violate his nature to do something with his power that is logically impossible is not being honest to the claim, and trying to set an unreachable standard for acceptance of the very rational conclusion that God does exist. It is similar to a requirement of a deistic God to reveal himself in order to believe that the deistic entity is, uh, exists, but by fact, the nature of the deistic entity is not interested in us enough to reveal himself or to care. To, so to set that standard for belief in deism would be unrealistic. And atheists do this very similar trick with the Christian God claim as well, setting standards that aren't realistic to the nature of the claim. The atheist denialism is one that doesn't stand on any actual evidence itself, simply the evidence that the presented evidence isn't enough to substantiate the claim. But again, this is just personal epistemology and has nothing to do with the nature of the evidence or the existence of any truth behind it. Atheists have no evidence to support their case for purely natural mechanisms and tend to rely on only a series of faulty falsification criteria for the claim presented. And this is no more clear when put to the Christian God claim. Some atheists uh, do actually hold water to many theist claims. I'm sorry. Some atheist challenges do actually hold water to many theist claims, but not to the Christian God claim. And as we unpack some of the anticipated attacks to our claim, while full-blown avoidance to provide any justification of their own, we hope to show that atheism is indeed not not logical, plausible, or probable. All right, thank you so much, Smokey. Maddox, go ahead with your five-minute opening. All right, give me just one second here. Smokey always taking my tagline. All right, is my audio coming through okay? Yes, it is. All right. All right, so tonight we are addressing the topic of does God exist and is it reasonable to conclude that he does or does not? This coincides with an additional element of what we discussed you know, offline for tonight's debate and incorporated to the subject, and that is whether or not Christianity is also reasonable. Now, obviously, if it is not rational to conclude the former, then by default, the latter is not reasonable on its face and the entire discussion would be an entire incomplete waste of time. So let us quickly look at an overview of what I would consider just a few reasonable arguments with emphasis on the plurality of those available rather than the singularity and contemplate if when looked at from the macro level, they create a powerful and rational case for the existence of God. First, we have the cosmological argument. Second, the teleological argument. Third, we must face the ontological argument. Fourth, the contingency argument. Fifth, we have the fine-tuning conundrum that my partner just referenced. Sixth, there is the moral argument. Seventh, the argument of moral knowledge. These are just to name a few of the very substantive arguments that have been developed over the centuries. And this is before, this is all before, the gigantic issues which have arisen over the last 50 years in relation to abiogenesis and the dramatic need for external intelligent agency prior to the existence of life as we know it. Now, each of these is worthy of its own debate, but... Ironically, in thousands of debates, hundreds of books, and who knows how many papers and individual conversations on any of these topics, in almost every case, they end with the atheist claiming, I don't know if this is 100% true. You can't prove this is 100% true. Therefore, I think you are 100% wrong. 
To me, this would be like an individual member of a jury arguing that when determining guilt or innocence, each piece of evidence must only be considered individually, not collectively. In addition to, <clears throat> in addition to thousands of pieces of circumstantial evidence, which should be completely ignored and in no way used to support the core pieces of evidence that have been presented. Then, if that's not enough, then to adamantly insist that nothing presented was evidence at all, because in their opinion, unless each piece of individual evidence could stand alone as 100% proof, it should be 100% removed from discussion and consideration. In this context, there's an extremely high probability the juror in question would be removed and the vast majority of rational people would not consider their opinions to be substantive in the slightest, let alone worthy of recognition in determining a legal case. Why is it then that in, re in relation to something which has much greater significance than jury selection, do atheists attempt to act as if the individuals arguing in favor of the existence of God are the ones who are not being rational? They are literally doing exactly what I just described, and it seems rather obvious to be nothing but a massive need for projecting their own insecurities onto opponents in order to justify their extremely fragile worldview. But let's take this one step further in relation to what is reasonable. What I'm about to address applies to both the existence of God and Christianity itself, and that is the juvenile and rebellious insistence, if they were God, they wouldn't do it this way. Therefore, God does not exist. Now, obviously, these arguments are used ad nauseum to supposedly debunk all facets of religion while refusing to even concede that if the entity in question is literally the creator of all that is, was, and ever shall be, that guess what? It doesn't matter if you don't agree with something, that's how it is. Now, this concept is hastily dismissed, but is exactly why I use the words juvenile and rebellious. If God both made us and ultimately set the rules, then it doesn't really matter how much you don't like them or how forcefully your denial of their existence becomes. It still doesn't change them. I view the atheist arguments like a child being angry and refusing to accept that the football game they're in has a set of rules and no, how to, no matter how much they don't like them, they still exist. And ultimately somebody came up with them. However, when they realize the field actually has an impenetrable force field around it, they then go plop down on the 50 yard line and scream about how none of this is actually real. And more importantly, there is no reason to conclude that there is something outside of the force field that contains them. Now in closing, as you can, if you contemplate what is being discussed tonight, you know, what you've experienced throughout your own personal life. And, you know, as you progress on a daily basis towards a conclusion regarding your own existence, I strongly argue that you must analyze all of these pieces of evidence and ask yourself, is it more reasonable to conclude that a God must exist in order for you to exist? From there, if you conclude that it is no tremendous leap of faith and there's not a massive leap of faith required to believe in a God, you must only then rationally consider the evidence presented and determine which God is true, not if there isn't one to choose from. And it is my position that the Christian God is the correct conclusion. But... At the end of the day, for me, and from the ultimate uh, cosmological and all the other uh, ology considerations, the creator does not need my defense, for his existence is obvious. And I, and in reality, all of you should be humbled uh, beyond expression for the capacity of understanding that has been granted to us all. For if not for the mind given to me and the one given to you, 
a gift that we all possess. I could never have hoped to even gain a modicum of comprehension about existence in the first place, nor even known to search for it. And that is something we must all consider. I yield. All right, thank you so much, um, Amy, James, either one of you who wants to go, uh, the floor is Can you guys hear me? Yes. All right, give me one second, let me start screen sharing. Uh, if you might have to set that, oh, no, I got it. Now, do you guys see it in PowerPoint form? Yes, we do. All yes. right. Welcome, everyone, to Does God Exist? More specifically, does the Christian God exist? The short answer, no. Not only is there no evidence Yahweh is real, there is evidence he is not real. This goes for the characters in many of his fables, like Adam and Eve, Noah, and Moses. And especially when we get to claims of men coming back from the dead multiple days after decomposing, which is a biologically incoherent concept. However, since zombies aren't an easy concept to defend, there's a good possibility all we're gonna hear about today is deism or arguments like a first cause of the universe, even though this is also an incoherent concept which would need to be demonstrated. See us merely assert this proposition, even though time and space began with the Big Bang. Meaning you can't have a cause before, quote unquote, causality. Theists might say we can't have moral values without a God, or even that we can't know anything at all without a God. This is ass backwards, especially when we know that in the Bible, Yahweh is such a genocidal maniac, killing whoever he pleases and torturing his playmates if they don't love and obey him. But who gives us the right to judge such a being? Well, we're thinking agents, literally the only creatures we know of that can make judgments. This is because our biology is the foundation of ethical decisions and knowledge is a subset of belief. A deity does not in any way factor into the question of ethics or epistemology. Or how about the genetic code? A watch has a watchmaker, don't they? Well, sure, because we contrast what is natural with what is artificial. Meaning in a watchmaker world, Everything, including the sand and water, is a watch. Yet all evidence currently shows that a watch is merely a tool humans use to tell time. And that fungi, bacteria, and even humans are naturally occurring phenomena. There is currently no evidence that genes are artificially created code that came into existence through creation and is a being monitored by another agent. Which brings us back to Christianity 
which on top of these deistic claims would need to prove a man came back from the dead 72 hours after death and that he coincidentally dis disappeared with no one able to see him again. Meaning that Jesus seems to have died and stayed dead. Other miracles fall into the same category of cheap parlor tricks. Did Jesus turn water into wine? Did he walk on water? Because if so, he should be frontlining in Vegas. Literally, none of these illusions are evidence of a deity. Someone could come back from the dead and not be a son of a god. Someone could be born of a virgin mother and not be the son of a god. These types of traits only fit in mythic structure. Finally, we should be glad there's no good evidence for a god or Christianity. The notion of having a human sacrificed to forgive humanity's sins is downright evil, and this would be an evil god. There is literally no rhyme or reason as to why Jesus would have to die. Adam and Eve was not a literal story, thus there wasn't a reason for this rabbi's murder to take place. We're thus stuck with the conclusion that Jesus, if he existed, died merely because he pissed the Romans off and nothing more. That there is not some celestial being watching us 24-7, 365, while caring who we have sex with. For us to believe anything else, we need a massive amount of sound and valid evidence. Thank you. All right, thank you so much, James. If you wanna go ahead with your opening statement. Okay, is my audio working? Yes, it is. Hold on, your audio just went out again. <laughs> And for those in chat, we're going to try to get, we are. Can you hear me? Yeah. We're going to get you okay. back on the I'm screen. sorry. Go ahead. All right. Um, again, I want to thank the uh, distinguished speakers for agreeing to this debate, Maddox and Smokey, and thank Amy for agreeing to help me in this endeavor. And, you know, the real challenge for me and Amy in trying to prep for this debate is that when you, when you start looking at Christianity, there are literally so many problems with it that we could be here for days and still not address each and every possible problem that makes Christianity not logical. It's certainly not plausible and it most definitely isn't probable. Um, now, I, I do feel bad for Smokey and Maddox because uh, everything, the walls are closing in on their worldview. Uh, God is under attack from every single side, from every single field of science has chased God out of almost everything we used to attribute God to. In fact, uh, Yahweh basically now only has two safe houses, uh, the origin of the universe and the beginning of life. We pretty much understand how almost everything else works, except for these two 
events that have only happened once in the course of recorded history, not recorded history once ever. So uh, it's a little hard for science to research it, but we are working on those problems. And when you look at the track record that we have so far, every single time humans have investigated a claim or a hypothesis to find out why or how something works, we have a 100% track record of everything being naturalistic. That's why science has that bias toward naturalism because it's always worked every single time before, 100% of the time, you've never had to invoke magic or a God or a deity. Everything works through natural processes that and uh, they're going to disagree with all that. They're going to say that, well, God's somewhere behind the scenes making it all happen. And, you know, that's the, uh, the basis of Christianity. Um, you can't prove a biogenesis happened. Therefore, it's just as plausible for me to assume that pixies farting out animals one by one is a logical explanation for the universe and or for the diversity of life. And it's just not. Um, and the first thing that makes Christianity unreasonable is that what it's built on, uh, Judaism, is also not true. And it's built on that faulty foundation. Now, let me see if I can uh, do screen share here. I have a, a few quick slides I wanted to illustrate. Uh, let's see. Is it on? Yes, it is. All right. So in the historical record, Israelite culture, there's no firm evidence of them existing before about 950, 850 BC. So all these stories that happened before then are most likely myth. They're made up. And it, at this time period, we have two people who start writing uh, books and writings that have become uh, the Jewish Torah. And historians, know, they don't know the identity of these authors, but they know who wrote it based on writing styles, and they can track the different authors. And what we find out is that the Old Testament is a heavily edited cobbling of writings that have been modified and revised several times to scrub out the truth. And that truth is, is that Judaism began as a polytheistic religion. And you will find all throughout the Old Testament, you'll find litterings of polytheism all over. They, they didn't question the existence of other gods. So we have here in 750, three prophets started uh, writing books as the Assyrians were making preparations to invade Israel. I think that's Hosea, Amos, and uh, Ezekiel. Could be wrong on that, but I think that's who they are. And then we have in Judah, King Josiah, 622 BC, him and these other, uh, these prophets, they were strict Yahwehs. They did not want to promote the worship of any other deity aside from Yahweh. It's not that they didn't believe other deities existed. They just wanted to devote primary attention to Yahweh. And uh, when Yahweh, according to the story, when he first identifies himself to Abraham, he, he's at that time, he's doing business as El Shaddai. Now, 
the Canaanites who were one region over, they had a God with a similar name to that. It's called El Shaddai. So why is Yahweh, the God of the Bible, doing business as a Canaanite God? You, you almost might think that they're one and the same. You, you might think that. And then when Yahweh meets, goes to meet Moses, he has to tell Moses, he has to tell him, I'm the El Shaddai who talked to Abraham, as opposed to any other gods who might be uh, sending telepathic messages to Moses. So King Josiah 622, he promoted strict worship of Yahweh. And his high priest stumbled upon what he claimed was a old book of the law called Deuteronomy that had, uh, I guess, got lost in time. And, uh, but even in Deuteronomy, even the strict Yahweh's, um, you see polytheism. And so this, uh, he went through and he added chapters and he modified all these other books to give it a Yahweh slant to uh, dis disparage the worship of other gods. But yet, even, even in Deuteronomy, you see, you shall have no other gods before me. It's not claiming that there's no other gods in existence. He's just saying they suck. I'm better than them. You better not worship them or I'll kill you, basically. So it was monolateralist polytheism. They didn't deny other gods existed. You see frequently in the stories, basically anytime the Israelis were left alone for more than five minutes, the first thing they did was start worshiping other gods. And this is even after see, witnessing miracles and Yahweh suspending the laws of physics on their behalf. And yet Moses takes a little long on the mountain. So they're melting gold and building a calf. I don't think these stories really stack up to reality. I don't think people are this this dumb. We, we, we don't see uh, anything like this today. Now, unfortunately uh, for King Josiah, Judah eventually was conquered by Babylon in 604 BC. And here we say in the Psalms, how can we sing the songs of Yahweh while in a foreign land? Well, what do you mean? He's the God of everywhere. You can sing to him anywhere. Why does that make a difference? It's because gods back then had regions that they were associated with. They were not in Yahweh's area anymore. So it was an unusual experience for them. So at this point, we have a, a guy come up called Second Isaiah who uh, started putting out writings. He acted like he was the first Isaiah, but the scholars can clearly tell he wasn't. Uh, the writing style is different. All sorts of things that the historical scholars use to determine the authorship and the legitimacy of a text. And here in Isaiah, for the first time, we see, I am the first, I'm the last, besides me, there is no God. That's a stark contrast from what's what we've seen before, where even when Moses goes to Pharaoh and he does his parlor tricks, uh, the Bible says that the Egyptians, they were their gods were able to manifest magic. Their gods were able to do things. Yahweh's just saying, hey, my magic is a little bit better than theirs. Come worship me. And then uh, either second Isaiah or he could be the priestly source. Not scholars aren't too sure about it, but either way, the priestly source then went back and added again to these books and revised them to make it look more monotheist. And then, by the way, he wrote the book of Leviticus. And then they went back and added to Genesis 1, a creation myth that wasn't in the original text. And that was in about 600 BC. That's when um, 
basically monotheism got established in uh, in Judaism. Now, what some astute people like uh, Smokey or Maddox might say is all those references or some of those references to polytheism in the Torah, they're going to say, aha, that's a reference to the Trinity. Well, not really, because those references stop at a certain point. Only in the older text, you see these references to we or us. That eventually gets cleaned up later in the gospel. So it's more probable they're not talking about the Trinity. They were talking about, originally, they believed in more than one gods. And you know, you, you can talk about the New Testament, but if the foundation it's built upon is a faulty foundation, then you don't even really have to go further. You know, they're telling us that their God is incapable of telling a lie. So if someone's incapable of telling a lie, how many lies do you have to catch them in to disprove them? Well, only one. They only have to tell one lie, and then you don't have to believe that they're incapable of lying anymore. And it doesn't disprove everything, but it just proves that this is another man-made religion, just like all the others. There's nothing really special about it. Uh, Maddox and they both happen to live in a country where Christianity has been the dominant religion for a long time. So that happened to be the one that they latched hold to. But is it more, is it logical or plausible, maybe even probable if they would have been born in Saudi Arabia or Iran, that they'd probably be devout Muslims and all their arguments would probably also apply to that too. I think that makes sense. Thank you. All right, so now we're gonna go into our hour of open discussion, just to remind um, those in chat, if you do have a question, definitely um, shoot it into the super chat and we will um, guarantee an answer to that question. Um, and without further ado, let's get into the open discussion. Well, uh, so, I think between uh, Amy and James, both myself and Smokey are, should be proof of the Christian God since we are both just very prophetic about what we're going to listen to in their, <laughs> in their opening statements. I mean, the, I, I mean, I use the word ad nauseum for the talking points um, for a specific um, reason. I mean, the level of... <laughs> Well, just the embodiment. I mean, would you agree with that smoking of uh, them literally embodying what we were talking Pretty about? Pretty much, with, with, with the exception of James actually going through the effort of finding the most uh, asinine, mentally backwards liberal scholarship he could possibly find to try and justify some really horrendous assumptions about the text based upon literary stylings, which are nothing more than pontifications and so, conjecture. So, I mean, so, really, so again, such a desperate yes. grab. It really blew my mind, James, that you you would go to that level like i well, mean like well, so you know you know all those things you pulled up have no actual evidence to them this is something dreamt up in the last you know 30 40 years by a bunch of hyper liberal <laughs> scholars by the way did you ever go yeah. to anything that wasn't a liberal scholar to get any of this like actual information or did you just go well let me find every source that seems to doubt the scripture and pack it all into my opening was this kind of just where it, where it went with you this is the mainstream scholarship, Smokey. This is no, what, it isn't. You know, and <laughs> no, it isn't. What, what you guys are saying, Smokey, you're 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 discounting it, but you are also the one who is saying. See, all the issue of, is strange. The, 
let, let, let me make my point, Smokey, and then I'll come back to you. You're the one who's saying the entire field of biology is bullshit. They don't nope. know what they're talking don't about. Don't say that. They're done. That's a straw man. Cre creation is true. You're you're also you say geology. That's not true. No, nope, I don't say that either. It tends to disprove a global flood. No, nope, I don't say, say that either. I don't believe in a global flood. Are you saying... really going to just straw man me the whole time, dude? You don't even know what I believe. Can I be prophetic well, for a not, minute? Not specifically, Smokey. So, so hang on, hang on. Yeah, so, ahead. James, James. So you're in. This is where the hypocrisy is very self-evident and kind of rather ironic, because one. You are a Patreon on Smokey's channel. I've witnessed you guys interact. You're in there all the time. And I know beyond doubt that what you just accused Smokey of he, are positions that he doesn't hold. At all. So, I mean, I, so are you just like... I, not I pay, know do you, he's... I, I, you, I, no, 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 no. Before, so do you not pay Smokey. attention or you are attempting to be a straw man and a direct liar? Smokey actually affirms the, uh, he's an old earther, but he does not subscribe to the theory of evolution. So when I say he discounts the entire field of biology. What are you talking about? I've, I've said it multiple biology. times, James, that I actually you, you do, said with, with the exception that I don't accept the caveat of the pure hypothesis, religious nonsense of assuming everything is naturalistic when those components of naturalism hasn't been proven. That's your faith requirement. I'm not going to accept okay. it just because you tell me I have to. Let's, let's let Amy chime in for a oh, second. Oh, no, I just I'll, wanted I'll to be prophetic. To it's just, I, I, James, did you hear any evidence for Christianity in their opening? Well, well, no, there, there is no exactly. evidence. So All they can do is point to, you don't know this, you don't know, this, you don't know named, that. Hey, Amy, you like to avoid like all of Maddox's opening? Were you just not paying attention? He literally lined I out. I heard it. I just didn't hear evidence for Christianity. Ontological, teleological, fine tuning, all these and things. name one. See, so the problem is, oh, name one. See, this is the problem, Amy. Maybe you're just mentally defunct at being able to recognize that it what turns evidence me on when you insult me. Keep is. doing it. Maybe no, so, you don't know no, what no. evidence is. So this is. I do. No, this is Down exactly why. I was hesitant to engage in a yet another debate with you, Amy, is because as in every single previous debate, you literally don't listen to a word that is said, a concept that is presented. You deny that they ever happened, that you, if you've ever been count, uh, contradicted or have evidence I mean, presented against flat you. flat wrong, so I don't know why you're saying did you? So, okay, so going back to our agree, first fine one, no, no, not evidence going, back to, going right? back to your first one, uh, one of our first interactions, right. did you ever go and research code mapping? Codon. A codon did is you ever go and research code mapping and information theory? Yes or no? First of all, it was codon. It was codon. No, no. Did you go? Inter did you go? I research reject your premise. You know, Do you I know what code mapping is? What is code mapping? Oh God! So obviously no. So you're learning to be a dev still, right? And you don't know what code mapping is, and you again are still going to claim it. But then you brought up in your opening statement, you brought up it doesn't apply to genetics in your opening yes. statement. As a denial, but you still, didn't go, you still didn't go. You still didn't go. No, no, no. That's the foundational piece in context of of God being required mm -hmm. for existence, which I'm pretty sure in my very opening paragraph, I talked about that being a fundamental to whether or not Christianity is a reasonable conclusion. Okay, you but you didn't give did evidence for Christianity, like Jesus being resurrected, any of that stuff. Nothing. All deism. Yeah, Amy, by the way, maybe your standards of expectation for evidence for the resurrection isn't realistic. 
maybe maybe you expecting a standard of evidence for an ancient people that like isn't even within the realm of reality is just a you problem not a problem of the existence of the actual event maybe you just have a really ass backwards idea of what qualifies as evidence for an ancient historical biological okay give it to me 72 hours of decomp decomposition and then resurrection what's that's the evidence? a naturalistic issue amy if the whole yeah. claim is that god did it the whole issue of it doesn't apply to naturalistic mechanisms again is a you problem so unless you want to sit here and prove naturalism is true which is basic you can't so. do you can't use it to judge the event so. that's your own fallacy you don't get to impose presuppose your worldview onto us and say well since it doesn't fit in my worldview it can't be true that's so a you, you problem is it just your feelings that you feel christianity is true do you have actually no. any evidence this any is evidence. yes amy any. but apparently you're not any. able to yeah i literally named it several times i think you just you can't not. recognize anything that people say i think you're just in pure abiogenesis not evidence for christianity oh, let's see oh, wait, fine oh, tuning bio. not evidence Maddox. for christianity have at keep it. on going down. Abio, go at it. Okay. Abio, Abio is Genesis. evidence, Abio is evidence against God. Please, Maddox, have at it. <laughs> so I'm assuming you actually haven't gone and looked at any of the paradoxes and the conundrums facing abiogenesis, which per the admission this year of atheist abiogenesis researchers, they're actually getting further away from having an answer rather than closer to, in spite of your perpetual fantasy land projection that somehow that's being answered. I'm assuming you didn't go and research it at all. Is that right? So that's not true. The premise is unfounded, and you're still not presenting evidence for Christianity. Are you the, a deist? Have they you just want to the become a deist? Just have, you, have they solved the annealing problem? The, what's the annealing problem? Annealing. Annealing. So, without, explain to everybody. Without enzymes, once you get about 30 nucleotides bonded, you can't get them to separate without an external enzyme. And this is this is proof of Christianity. This, no, this is... you, you brought up abiogenesis. You literally just brought, you it up brought up abiogenesis. Said, no, you I literally just addressed you. And you, you literally it just have it here because you said it because you used it as evidence for Christianity, but it's not. So stop actually, trying to prove deism and prove opening, Christianity. Actually, in my opening, I literally said, I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole. I literally was making the point that, hey, we could go down this, but we don't have to. Because here's all this other stuff. So the point I originally opened with, and you're obviously trying to do to uh, dodge with the usual atheist move. Well, I'm going to focus on this one little thing and say, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't prove anything. Is from the macro level. If you're presented with seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, fifteen, twenty, a hundred, a thousand arguments and conclusions and deductions and logical construct constructs that would be evidence in favor of God. Are you going to dismiss them? If I ever were able to get a valid syllogism, maybe, but they don't make valid syllogisms. They so, make like first cause arguments, which <laughs> contradict themselves. You can't have a cause so before causality. So, so you're, you're fine. We're you all the, conceding. You made the foundational argument. I, we're all conceding. That the, the, we there don't is understand no biogenesis. It, it's, it's a biogenesis. But the we're under we're conceding we don't know exactly how it happened. And you don't even know what the difference between biogenesis and abiogenesis, but you're claiming that it doesn't have any relevance to the overall topic, which well, is funny. I, I but, misspoke, but, but going back to Amy, you talked about the happened. uh 
there, there is no first cause needed. For, there is no first cause needed for the Big Bang. No, Incoherent concept. Incoherent. You are basically Amy, saying you before literally stated we have there is no causality. cause requirement for the Yeah, you Big said Bang. there's no need of a cause for causality. Do you have any idea how asinine that statement is? Where'd you pull that one out? Well, yes, if there's because no need anything for a cause else for God, there's no need for a cause for something. Cause, there had to be something. God is by his nature uncausable. Okay, so therefore the universe might be by its nature uncausable. We you have no evidence for that. So you you're have no saying evidence you that have God no philosophical. No, you have no philosophical justification. We have philosophical justification. Phil you have nothing. So you're you, saying you guys have been debating the causality. same concepts for years with absolutely no validity or reason to believe it other than it's not God. That you, the only reason you have to accept it is your own personal bias, and that's not a statement to trust for the nature of reality. So you are saying cause out something happened before causality. You're saying there was so, a cause before causes could exist. I'm saying something instigated the cause of causality. Doesn't that sound like the cause? cause? Well, it, well, think of it this way, Amy. The beginning of all that is in our reality had to have a very beginning. It had to have something that started it because it by its own nature is causational. So it has to have something to have instigated the cause of it to be a causational framework. That means it cannot be by its nature caused by something causable. It has to be uncaused, unmoved, uh, un timeless, because it can't be constructed of the things which it originates. Another incoherent concept. <laughs> of course it's not. It's what, perfectly what, what, valid. What? You guys just don't have anything else to refute it with. Oh, really? So you have an example no, of you have, you have to look at it from the perspective that she also tried to bring up the, the puddle argument, which yeah, literally requires right. the suspension of intellect right. in order to be justified. I and, thought we kind of put that well, one to rest. I mean, it, it, it's, it's honestly, at this point, the fact that the atheists continue to spew these like such well i use the words juvenile arguments well, i mean she she claimed that there is no found sub substance of syllogisms that have ever been presented i think there's a hell of a lot of atheist phds that would disagree with your position there yeah and you do realize amy that's only a statement of your own epistemology and you might have faulty logic which you seem to demonstrate an awful lot of evidence for so why should we trust your standard of whether or not something is viable as evidence to something can i just jump in here really fast i just want to give um amy and james um a chance to respond because i think it's kind of been a little one-sided so amy james if you guys want to go ahead and respond we'll get right back to you maddox and Smithy. well what, what matt what maddox is saying is exactly what i said you can't explain exactly how a biogenesis happened i happen to have this book of bronze age writings that talks about a vegetarian talking snake with legs thwarting god's plan and therefore millions and billions of people have to be tortured because some guy ate from the wrong fruit and i answer that and then we're going Gonna have a, a, a Jewish zombie come back to act as a loophole to get around rules that God created. It, it's just it, it's you're using these vague philosophical concepts, and then you're shoehorning in a book written by Bronze Age goat herders who thought sprinkling bird's blood around a house w was some type of medicinal thing for plague. Who thought that uh, putting different sticks where goats copulate would affect the, their fur. That's in your holy books. It, you have to take the whole thing. You're, you're, you're just taking the parts that you like. And well, the parts that we don't like, those are, um, you know, those are not mentioned. That Amy, so many straw make a comment. 
I haven't even go heard for it. Bible go for it, defended. Smokey. I don't think we're even in there yet. We haven't gotten to Christianity. Yeah, we're still. Yeah, okay, Amy. Yeah, you just keep being useless in the corner. That's fine. I'll engage James. That's okay. James, you okay, know, I'll keep on talking. The assumption is, by the way, did you look up any actual exegesis or any actual commentary or scholarship and, on and, uh, Genesis? And see, this, this is what you, you do, Smokey. And uh, I think you learned it from Maddox. So you're just not going to answer the question. You're just going to deflect. You're just going to deflect. I'm just making a quick, a quick observation. I'm trying to find out how honest you're willing to be to actually digest the text, or you're just looking for ways to falsify it. That's what I'm trying to get at, James. And well, Smokey, here's because you just straw man the claim. You keep straw manning what I believe, and I don't know if you're doing it intentionally. That's mainstream Christianity. I don't give a crap what mainstream Christianity. Mainstream Christianity chased me away from the faith too. So you want to debate mainstream Christianity? Go find a mainstream Christian. Why are you bugging me? I'd like to hear any Christianity at night. Amy, well, yeah, I, you know, again, your inability to recognize any arguments or evidence is not our problem, okay? So, yes, James, because you're in the debate, so you're this. supposed to try and convince me. I'm supposed to try and convince I'm not you. in, oh, no, I can't it, 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 convince it, 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 the smoky, mentally smoky, backwards smoky, degenerate that can't recognize evidence. I, I don't try hey, to argue. Don't project like that. Accident. That's not fair to yourself. So, Smokey, um, I get it, Maddox. I know why you didn't want to have to do this again. Now, <laughs> no, so, so Smokey, so and the and the audience, because um, the whole purpose of this debate is obviously from the atheist perspective to just say deny, deny, deny. Nothing you say is valid. Um, but ironically, they are again proving the fact that God exists because I'm a prophet. Um, obviously, that's sarcasm, not literal for all you uh, literalist idiots out there. Um, but they are literally embodying the analogy that I was make, I made in my opening statement about the juror who refuses to look at anything as having relevance unless it proves the position in 100% entirety. And just like, I, I, I will not consider any of it. And I'm well, gonna just automatically refuse to consider any other piece of it and look at the overall macro view so apparently you do either refuse to or you lack the intellectual capacity to look at anything beyond one stone in a mosaic you can't step back and see the big picture I mean, it's, it's obvious well here's what here's what's your going mind on, is and how juvenile you clearly both are well here, here's what's going on maddox okay so we're 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 thrust into this world with a God who you, you've said, oh, you don't have to agree with his morality. If he wakes up one day and feels like drowning a bunch of babies, he's going to drown babies. Uh, that's just the way it is. Nothing we can do. What are we going to do about it? He's God. That's, that's how he does things. And we have to ascertain his will for our lives so he doesn't kill us or do even worse things to us. Yet he refuses to communicate with us. Uh, we, he refuses to say anything to us, the only means we have of ascertaining his will is, again, a book of Bronze Age writings that if it says things that happen to make sense. Can you stop stigmatizing it, James? Can you, you stop that? stigmatizing it when you, well, when you I'm, I'm just talking about you, I'm just, herders and stuff? You know, like, can you try to be less racist? Just please. Just uh, I'm not being, I don't know what race the people, I'm not racist. I don't know what race the people are. Well, I'm I don't just know. You the seem to be pretty condescending to Jews. You seem to be pretty condescending to Jews. And by the and, way, James, you're all, not. Of your, all of your crap talking about how, you know, fail all the, the statements and all the laws and all the things that the Jews adopted. Guess what? 
They're the only one to have survived among their contemporaries to modern day. So now maybe you as a naturalist want to give God zero credit for that, for this small little nomadic tribe historically managing to survive to modern day beyond a whole bunch of ancient powers much greater than them that persecuted them and tried to genocide them out of existence, yet they still survive to this modern day to do something unparalleled and refound their own nation once again. And you're going to say, well, God had nothing to do with it. Fine. Could you at least give credit to their freaking culture and their traditions that allowed them to survive to modern day? Or are you an anti-Semitic bigot that just wishes that they were extinct and that's why you hate their laws? Their their culture, it has nothing to do with who they are. They're no worse than anybody else, Smokey. All cultures have had theology, okay? And guess what? They're all wrong. The Jews are not more wrong than anybody else. It's just that Christianity is built on that. Are they more right? So that's why... That's why we're right? talking about it. it. It's not a. There, there's no evidence for their claims, Smokey. There's no. You said evidence. they're not more wrong. So are they more right? They're, they're not more wrong than all religions are wrong. I, <laughs> like you've heard before. I'll go that stuff. I go one God further, and this is the the problem with what you what you guys do is when when the evidence and the logic when you think it's there to support your conclusion, you're happy to present it. But that's not really a requirement because whenever you have a position that doesn't make sense or you can't wrap your head around it. You just say, well, that's God. He's too big. We can't understand. We can't comprehend him. All right. This is a really dumb rabbit hole. I'd like to go back to one of the things. Wait, can I make a point? We could. Uh, Go ahead, Amy. Oh, I just wanted to say I'll make the claim that the Jews are more wrong because the giant majority of their holy book didn't happen. Like there was no Adam. I know. know. You're a closeted Nazi. I know. It's okay. My parents are Jewish. Um, yeah, well, maybe you're just a self-hating one then. I'm oh, oh, that. hello. Not speaking uh, there, of there was there was some Jews that like Jew, to help. Huh? There was some Jews that like to usher their their fellow brethren onto the trains in Nazi Germany. You might have been one of them. So that, that oh, so you well, broken Godwin's <laughs> law. How, so, how early? I, I mean, I mean, but, God didn't show up in, James, in Germany. Did God? Sh- God showed up at the Exodus. Yeah, God no doesn't show up to mitigate the nature of the fall of man, which was part hey, of the curse. You might have so, liked the Holocaust, and he doesn't, and he doesn't show up to violate the nature of free will that he established, which is basically what you guys generally require in order for reality to be different. You guys would become slavers, which is is really ironic because you guys claim to think slavery is bad, but you would turn humanity into slaves in order to instigate your will to mitigate suffering, or you would change reality in such a dynamic that would ultimately make it worse because none of you guys ever think about your assertions more than a second later. More ad hominems. But James, I really want to free will. Free will is an essential component of reality. Okay, so what are we saying that violates that? Yes, James. When you say that you believe that God should have done it differently or imposed things differently or micromanaged the choices of people in order to keep things from maybe having to wipe people out from their horrible decisions of wanting to slaughter children and brutalize their servants, you know, and the Jews were sent in to stop all of this. See, you would have preferred God to do it different, which generally requires from your assertion to be a negation of free will in some way, shape or form or a micromanagement from a hyper Calvinistic perspective. And I don't hold that. So, so, I agree. I understand that atheists are generally extremely predeterministic in their own worldview, and they try to smuggle that into the God claim. And that's that's a problem because it means that pretty much every challenge you're making is extremely fallacious and a straw man, certainly from anything I believe. Well, um, I haven't made the moral argument. I, I conceded to Maddox. If the God exists, then he, he's right. Morally, right. the Jews if he were wants- right. 
Morally, if, the Jews were right, which is God what makes Amy a monster because Amy wants to defend all the child rapists no, and Yahweh all the, but the Jews writing horrible things in the Canaanite regions. Amy thinks it was horrible to stop those things. Amy wanted think... those people to continue brutalizing people because Amy enjoys that, I guess. That's good moral structure. Yeah, he only stopped it back Loves then. It. He doesn't do anything today. Yeah. Um, James, when I want to Yahweh that. commands people to do genocide. Smokey oh, is like, go genocide. rape, yeah, go take go all the little ones for myself and all the women and virgins no you don't get to separate from the narrative that those weren't actually children those were born of the nephilim you like to try and leverage born of you have to stay inside you have to stay inside the narrative if you're going to lay a critique on the narrative so evidence for nephilim any evidence outside of scripture for nothing other than the narrative nope and and by the way if you expect regular bones that wouldn't have any chance of fossilization to survive to modern day you're being ridiculous so anyway let's let's get back to the one part of the science argument i wanted to talk bones way older than that we have bones billions millions years old well fossilized or or mineralized or or gone through some method of preservation these people that were slaughtered in these region weren't given proper burials they were left out for the for the forces they were left out to disintegrate intentionally so and by the way that was nature of what was to deal with these uh these fallen um and they were considered guy and earthborn and actually what was your what was your free will argument what if i we said that contradicts that i already addressed that james i don't want to go really chew down that rabbit hole because i don't think you're capable of following it i really want to go back to your scientific argument because i already addressed it and now you're just asking me to readdress it so um you understand that for a vast majority of history a lot of scientists were actually uh, theists or deists or believed in some sort of higher power in fact i found a pew absolutely a pew research survey that uh 51 i think it was back in 2006 i didn't save it for the debate uh but 2006 51 of scientists believe in a higher power or a god so um that yet none of these scientists ever weigh out propose or put out hypotheses were um actually substantiating any part of that they only focus on proposing hypotheses of naturalistic mechanisms this means that scientists will actually violate their biases to stay within the constraints of what they're actually critiquing otherwise it'd be an argument from authority fallacy like expecting scientists to weigh in on the existence of god is tantamount to um, expecting theologians to weigh in on science it's nonsensical and expecting science to propose anything other than naturalistic mechanisms is expecting science to stretch outside of the required scope it's been required to stay in so your claim your challenge is fallacious nonsensical and completely asinine Go ahead and respond. If you right, want. right. So your your religion, it makes a lot of untestable claims about this God. Right. We, we can't scientifically test. OK, Correct. unfortunately, because he makes other claims, too. And when we test those claims, a lot of times they fail. They fail pretty often. So, so if we had a miracle, he doesn't exist. So he's not anything. He's well, that's just your assertion and your opinion. It, it is doesn't mean anything. So well, so it doesn't that's all anything. we have. No, oh, we only have your opinion. We got a lot more. We than only that, have James. our own yeah, opinion. You're not, I promise you're not quick enough to be judging for everyone's benefit. Okay. Hey, Let me tell just you that. Picking right up now. on that, Smokey, do you know what the word ad hominem is? Have you yes, ever heard I that do. Term? It's applying someone's nature to the characterization and then applying that to the argument they're presenting. Yeah. Do you, you see? Think and I'm not ad hominem. Let me explain already? the difference to you since you're too slow to catch what an ad hom is. I should have done a video okay. on this. Okay. An ad hom is you, actually you directing your character to the argument. And that's not 
what I'm doing. The, the nature of yeah. your character, which is the attack of the Jews in a disgusting, fallation, presentist, bigoted way, is an argument in and of itself to your disgusting, substandard, inferior character. Okay, that's, that's its own cool argument. That that's you feel to, that way. I'm glad you feel that way. Do with your inability to recognize right? anything that we're actually saying. Okay, thanks. It's not. You're well, making Maddox ad hominems, and then when I point out that Yahweh is a genocidal maniac, you're like, no. I already showed that that's just you wanting to indulge and protect the cultures of genocidal maniacs themselves that were brutalizing people. Because you're part. a presentist bigot, and you enjoy those ancient cultures not being about it. I'm from doing their incorrect. horrible, disgusting practices. You enjoy that. You like to promote, I guess, murder and rape. That's ultimately your secret fetish. I would never promote Yahweh's motto. Oh, well, you promote you promote the cultures that he stopped. You enjoyed that, I guess. What? Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't three seconds you away from becoming going to like a Oh, Marxist you hate rant. the Jews for coming in and stopping these people from being disgusting. I, horrible, I love my parents. They're who are, who are burning their children yeah, alive on like... altars to Moloch and engaging in bloodletting rituals and killing their servants at whim, something the Jews were never allowed to do. Everyone in the Jewish realm had to had to have the same value of life, slave even for a slave master. You, you are now. such a bigot. You no, don't no, even no, recognize the benefits and progressive values of these ancient cultures. I get it now. If I was moral, I would send a rabbi down and I would murder him over and over. You don't oh, have morals. Just really bloody. And then that, that would undo it. Well, yeah, I don't know why things. you don't. You don't have sense. morals. Nothing to you is morally wrong, Amy. Everything nothing moral. to me. No, I have, I'm in a moral Okay, okay, okay. Okay, everybody. We're degenerating into madness. The it, what amazes me about all of these conversations, and this applies in the context of Christ, both theism in itself as well as uh, Christianity. The you know all of these supposed negatives that are being uh, tossed out to supposedly disprove uh, God. It's like you suspend the entire premise from a Christian perspective that. God literally created the mechanism for everybody to be immortal and to not have to experience any negatives after this stage of existence. Right. And if you, so the point where I'm going with all this is, and I've used this analogy, other people have used similar analogies. If uh, I know Amy does not, James, do you have any kids? I do. Okay. Um, when your boy, girl, both a son, he's, okay. uh, he'll be 11 in January. Okay. I've got a daughter. His mother is Jewish, by the way. Okay. Okay. I've got a daughter. She's 10. She'll be 11 next summer. The, when you first held your son, did you have the moment of realization that you were ultimately responsible for their existence and like ongoing survival? It's, uh, it's something you can only understand when you're in that position. It's a very uh, surreal feeling. I'm Absolutely. sure you understand. Absolutely. Now, the as you, after you took your son home and those first days, you know they slept a lot, but you know the first after the first after the little time out you get a little bit. Um, did the your son start screaming, crying, and freaking out when he crapped his diaper? Yeah, from time to time they do. Okay, so from his perspective having a dirty diaper or a wet diaper or whatever was the worst thing that ever happened to him at that point in his life, in his existence, right? 
probably so. Okay. Uh, at two or, you know, let's say two and a half, whatever age when it starts walking, right? Or two, two, when start walking, right? The, and they fall over and like cut the, cut his leg and he screamed and cried. He was experiencing intense pain, all that kind of stuff. Was that the most traumatic thing that had happened to him at that point? Probably. Yeah. All right. At five, when he first, you were teaching him how to ride his bike and he fell off. Was that the most traumatic thing that happened to him? At yeah, that I, I, okay, I, so, I understand. Okay. So you extrapolate all of this out. Now, when he reaches your age and you as an adult, when you look back to similar instances in your own life, do you chuckle at how at the moment when it occurred, it seemed like the world was ending? Oh, of course. Okay. When you had in high school, when you had your first heartbreak, was it just like devastating? You thought you would never love anyone ever again. It happens to everybody. Okay. So at each stage, and I'm sure other things similar in this context have happened as you've gotten older and older and older, right? Like there's things it's oftentimes they're even more, they're actually real. They have real significance, right? And like paradigm shifts in your life. Have you ever looked back on any of them and been like, hmm, I learned a lot from that. Sure. And now I am it's actually part of a, life. More, a more substantive person than I would have been if I'd never experienced that. Are, are you trying to make that's the morality argument? Are you trying no, to make? I'm, no, I'm making a just a basic common sense argument. It's um, the meaningfulness argument, dude. If God is the parent and he knows that just like you did when your son fell off his bike and you knew he was not the it was not the end of his life. Um, but from his perspective, it was, why would you let this happen, right? Why did this happen to me? Well, if God knows that we are immortal and have an immortal soul and everything is in place for us to be able to have eternal existence, how is, and, but the things we're going through right now are ways for us to learn and appreciate our very existence in, in and of itself on a fundamental level. How is God allowing things that at the moment in time seem to be this most horrific thing, but when you actually look at it from the macro view, are just like the way you look at things like, oh my goodness, I can't believe how much I freaked out and thought the world was going to end when I fell off my bike when I was five, now that I'm 35. Uh, okay, but I mean, that still doesn't establish that the fact that he likely exists just because maybe he has a reason for okay, certain things again, that he does. Again, maybe we can again. understand it. So again, but... I literally just use that as yet another example of countering one of the pieces. Like there's multiple pieces to, of the evidence. Again, you're doing exactly what I talked about in my opening statement, which was, well, this doesn't prove every single aspect about God's existence. Therefore, let's dismiss it. Well, you're coming up with a philosophical construct that's not it's assume he is real then you know what you're saying is believe first ask questions later assume he's real and then well everything will work out work itself out and oh okay well maybe it kind of makes sense maybe he's like a parent and teaching us and you know maybe my brother getting cancer and dying was just to uh to teach me something about life or maybe because god likes to punish people for things that their ancestors did maybe my great grandpa pissed god off so he strict stricken him with cancer i don't know but uh it all works in your theology because we can't understand god he's smarter That's, than us he's by the way um james just so you know real quick that might be our theology but it's not our soteriology and you should learn the difference because what you've done this entire debate is pretty much straw man every single christian belief i have and I don't know how well you've actually been paying attention to anything I've been saying on my channel, but you, you have an extremely predeterministic view of reality. 
and you have dragged that into the perspective and critique of the Christian God claim. And I don't hold that and neither does Maddox. Well, I know you have a more nuanced version. See, like, well, you look at it like God killed your brother. God well, killed your well, grandfather. Like, that's, that's how you're. Hold on, he, hold on. Let James finish his. He, he his didn't. That was just an example. Um, that was just an example of, um, you know, what, what he's saying that God does things to help us and to guide us and to teach us. And maybe, but it still doesn't really provide any evidence that he's actually there it could be all just happening because shit happens in life you know it's all unguided um that it assumes that there that the evil in this world isn't as bad as it really is that really there is something that is going to re re have a judgment for it but if someone had something horrible locked in their basement, raped for years, begged, nothing came. I do not think, and I cannot see any reason why this would happen and why they, what, what is the learning from it? Where, where, what judgment? Cause there's no judgment that's going to undo that. That it, that really is the evil. It's not falling off your bike. It's not poop in your diaper. There really is evil. And, and as far as we can um, tell, that God would just be watching. Amy, if I may, you seem to always ask why there's so much evil. Have you ever bothered to ask why there isn't more? Why there isn't more? Not really, because it looks almost exactly what would happen in a well, system see, with animals. Then it's, it's, your fallacy is a fallacy of perspective, because you can't actually justify an understanding of what a reality with more evil would look like. For oh, all I can picture know, more evil. Oh, well, but for, well, okay, but it's okay. Well, then fine. Easy. You can picture more evil, and reality isn't that. Yeah, it's about like 50, so. 50. So the idea, so the idea that that you're assuming there is no God because you assume that what exists right now yes. is the maximum potential of evil, but it could be mitigated and scoped by a divine mind, just like the fine tuning for the rest of the universe, which you also deny has a cause, a purpose, or but any type of reason behind. Could it. you admit it could be an evil god? It could be a god that actually likes to see rape and murder, and that this is what he actually rewards. No, that's a Cartesian challenge to the nature of God, and it's self-refuting. It's fallacious because then Don't there's no that. well, because then what happens is you have evil being good, which means that you have the inverse evil of the of the recognizability of what is evil and good. So, so, and the idea of that, that, that the Christian God claimed, the reason why it's coherent, Amy, is because goodness is a co-eternal component of God. So God couldn't, by his nature, create a reality where evil is good because it would violate who he is. So that's, that's like challenging God to do something impossible in order to prove that he's God. It doesn't. But that's just the claim in the Bible. It could be that there is an evil God. It's just, I mean, just because the Bible says there's a good God doesn't mean there is a good God. Well, but you, so you're taking the idea that if there was a, you're basically a Malthus then, if there's a God and he's evil. I mean, it just, it just looks like a universe where there's no God. It looks like exactly the right, right amount but of good and you evil you, you have no animals. other, But you have no other universe to compare that to. So how would you know? A universe we with can no see God. good and evil Wait, actions. Okay. So a universe with no God, would it have all the fine tuning variables it does or no? Uh, a universe, yes, because the fine tuning is just saying that if it was any different, 
us ourselves would not be able to exist. But there may be other creatures that get well, see, that benefit just, from different you variables. Did, you just asserted let me insert real quick. Um, Amy, that argument, like real... Just, just real rebut it. Don't tell me how bad Just literally it. say that that is a stupid argument. Okay. I disagree. If you're premise, then they don't think so. So I guess yes, we're even. Yes, they do. Yes, yeah. they do. I'd love to see Amy cool. debate a scholar. <laughs> it, it, right. it, even it, a liberal it, one, yeah, actually. Yeah, I'm open to it. I'm not a liberal, but I... because. Uh, but I'll take that, it. that whole oh we could be something else argument has been flayed for years at this point uh, let, let me ask a question Smokey. you tell me what you believe what do you believe uh as far as the native or babble do you believe that was a literal event I, I I think you you were roboting super hard there, bro. I'm sorry. I think you said like, I, I think you said something about the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel. Do you believe? Okay. I, I don't want to straw man what you believe. Sure, appreciate. Do you believe it. that's Thank a literal you. story, as written in Genesis. Well, and you say that literal was such a hard line, and I know what you mean when you're doing it. You're kind of trying to lay the trap for it. Do I believe it's an actual historical event recorded? Yes, I do. And do I believe it's a literal uh, representation inside scripture is accurate? Yes, I do. Do I believe it's all-encompassing and hyper-specific and full of minutia and detail? No. Um, do, I, do I believe it's corroborated with other cultures that also have an unbroken cultural chain back almost as far as the Jews? Yes including China. China has records of the Tower of Babel, also the flood narrative and creation events that line very much with scripture. And they also have an unbroken cultural history of nearly 4,500 years, and they record similar events. And since the rule of thumb of ancient scholarship of discerning whether or not an event took place, if you find one um, record of the event, you tend to believe it's true. If you find two, you take it for almost an absolute fact, especially if they're from corroborating cultures that didn't have any interaction with each other, but have record of the same event. So yes, I do believe there's very strong historical evidence to believe the Tower of Babel was a real historical event. Uh, okay, so you would concede then that linguists who say that's not how language evolved, you would say they're wrong and that your your book I would is say more authoritative no. on that. No, and again, you're requiring, this is the, you ignored what I said in my opening statement about your requirement of minutia and specificity. The method of which God confusing tongues is not revealed. So the idea of it being done by perhaps the separation of tribes, which then also instigated um, collections of languages, which then evolved and changed over times in these collective regions, which then caused splits and culture, which then would have caused people to move away. And this could have been the method God used. I'm fine with that. You simply require some sort of specific scientific minutia to be included in the text. Otherwise, you disbelieve it. And it's a fallacy. He was communicating to ancient peoples at languages and methods that they were able to understand. But you require something uh, unsubstantive. Couldn't it have just been that it was a story? that a bunch of people who are trying their best to figure things out wrote down and well, that was the explanation they you used can, until we you found can out go the ahead and Yeah, you can go ahead and believe contrary mm -hmm. to scholarship, Amy. And again, that's a you problem, uh, it, just to protect your bias. But that's not an argument for me. There's no scholarship for the Tower of uh, Babel. I'm just going to point that out. There's um, no what did I just say? What did I just say? 
the rule you of scholarship is have two corroborating <laughs> accounts, which we do, and what mainstream secular scholarship it, it, you know, pr predominantly accepts as a conclusion is ultimately irrelevant, Amy. Just like James's stupid point about all the things being added into scripture, the only evidence James has for that is a few liberal scholars that took the updating of language with time and took that to be actual full-blown insertions, and they have no evidence for that. There's no actual Actual textual historical evidence and he said so himself they actually look at literally style literary stylings to make these assumptions and so no one beyond the scholars? last 30 or 40 years has been doing that except these hyper liberals attempting to make names for themselves and poor useful idiots like james sorry to say james are the first to run over there and try wow. and bite it up because it helps protect their bias it's gross well uh thank you for that uh commentary there smoky i appreciate it but um as I was saying, well, let me preface this is that when we read the Bible, we want it to, we expect things to make sense. When you're telling us that a, a supremely makes knowledgeable, supremely wise, we, we, again, because your God makes refuses sense to, to who, communicate James? to the reader, to the person who is intended oh, to receive the information, right? Because God refuses to communicate directly with us. He pretends like he's not there. You have these old books. So if that's our only way of ascertaining what he wants us to do, or he's going to do really bad things to us, then he better be pretty clear in those texts what exactly he wants us to believe and what he wants us to do. This um, is the uh, Romans 9 challenge, James, unfortunately, which is the uh, subversion of the finite agent attempting to demand what the infinite agent should do or construct. So what you're saying is God is not allowed to manifest the vessels of his mercy and righteousness how he sees fit. And see, the problem, James, I wanted to answer your original inquiry about the necessity and essentiality of God creating an agent of free will. And it's the same thing, like uh, both of you have a problem with slavery, you know, and the idea that you could somehow program a woman to love you no matter how well you could program that woman to love you, it still would be a faux love. It'd be fake. No matter how good you would program it, no matter how good you would uh, you know, uh, succeed to the Turing test, it would still ultimately in the end be fake. You made it happen. As opposed to creating a dynamic environment of actual free will, where the manifestation of the choice actually has meaning instead of just a pre-programmed event. See, a God that wants to love is going to want to be loved. And only in an environment of free will expression can such a thing be expressed. So you are requiring God to manifest something contrary to what he desires for his nature because you think it would be better for you. It's just so because, bad. It's because bad I think he should communicate clearly. He decides he's going to communicate well, unclearly. Deal with it, right? I'll tell you what, that's James. what he wants I'll to do, deal with it. I'll tell you what. Can you think of any evidence that is immune to skepticism? Mathematics, maybe, perhaps? I well, but that well, that's a field. I, I mean, like evidence of a conclusion of something that would be. There are very few things outside skeptical. of mathematics that we know with absolute certainty. So well, but mathematics is an a... abstract. I want you to pull it into the tangible. Like, like for instance, the cup sitting in front of you. If you have a cup sitting in front of you or whatever. Uh, imagine you have a cup sitting in front of you. You have a cup sitting in front of you. How certain are you that cup exists and it's actually sitting in front of you, that you're actually sitting in a room, that you're actually there at all, that you're not plugged into a matrix? How certain are you? As, as certain as one could be. Exactly. 
Exactly. And so it's only based upon your personal epistemology, James. It has nothing to do with the nature of reality. And you, you imposing your will onto God has nothing to do with whether or not God exists or is required to impose his will to yours. Because your, your reality is generally uh, micromanaging. Well, the issue, well, of course, Amy, but not to the detriment of the faithful or the negation of faith or the increase of accountability whereby his righteous nature, he would have to judge you instantaneously for your sins. Sounds this is why all the people in the Old Testament, this is reading behind between the lines in the Old Testament, people believe that if they saw God, they would die. Well, why lie about that in the text? There's no reason to. But they believe that there's some sort of idea all passed throughout the culture since the fall of man that the interaction with God by his righteous nature would require you to actually be judged and killed. This was the belief. Now we find out later in Hebrews 11 that it was by faith they were justified and by faith was the buffer of God to work with them and deal with them. Okay. I also think it's weird that God, uh, God likes sacrifices. He seems to like animal sacrifices and human sacrifices. Well, let me tell you, Amy, what were they going to be doing with the... Oh, let me ask you something. What were they going to be doing with the animals if they weren't sacrificing them? Eating them? Thank you. So still killing them, right? So what is your yeah, issue you about the method? The well, this is... Yeah, they would, too, they would too. That's what the Levites lived on, on what was supplied by the Jews for the sacrifices. That was their sustenance. That was their taxes. It was part of their system. And the so idea was... The, you, the know your issue, Amy? you know you're such a disgusting bigot. And let me tell you why right now. This is the issue. This is the issue right here. All that God did in this instance was take the things they were already doing, killing and eating animals, and instigating a method where he was part of the communion by acts of faith. That's all. That's it. He would just, oh, he was just interacting old. by part of it by saying, do this, but as an act of faith. And then we're having a type of communion. Uh, it was reaching down to the people. It's actually beautiful. And you try to pervert beautiful. it with your disgusting presentist. Bigotry. It is pretty disgusting. Really I would say human gross. sacrifice, it animal sacrifice. Very not only is it very low thing. I don't want to say I, cause I don't want to insult. I'm not going to insult you. The, thing is kind of delusional that you could no uh I, i'm the closest you can get to an animal rights activist while being an omnivore okay so what is the issue with killing animals well, to i eat? think what she's what saying smoky is uh, she's challenging the theology so of how killing animals allows god to do something he couldn't do otherwise how, how do you was, make that connection again hebrews Why 11 sacrifice? everyone Why is justified sacrifice? by faith all these acts were acts of faith and it was instituting methods and systems that were already familiar to their culture. You don't, you don't come down the people and say something stupid like you got to climb to the top of Mount Hebron every 15 days and, you know, sacrifice a third of your children or something crazy uh, like that. Who would it's, ever ask to sacrifice your it's children? It's taking That'd things they were already and doing. <laughs> it's taking things they were already doing. And then actually working into them. And by the way, Abraham was a very specific instance. Who, by the way, the only reason that would have been cruel, Amy, is if there was no promise for Isaac to actually be the son of promise. See, mm -hmm. Abraham had faith that, again, Isaac was the promise. He wasn't even supposed to have Isaac. He was late in his age. He wasn't expecting to be able to have Isaac naturalistically. God had revealed himself, shown himself by faith, and he knew that God was going to keep his word. And that one way or another, Isaac was going to be the son of promise, which meant he was either going to be stopped or resurrected, which, by the way, is a typology to the beautiful story of our redemption, because God himself sent his own son up to a very similar hill. And when it came down to it, he didn't hold back. 
and not like he did with Abraham and Isaac. And he actually sacrificed his son for your filthy rants and disgusting right. life choices. All right. I know it's pretty horrible and evil, wasn't it? That he would go down and murder a random person for no reason, for rules that he gave for, for things. So, you do, that so Amy, you do realize that your counterpoint here literally ignores the fundamental reason that Smokey was just outlining. Yes, you're he was trying saying, to like, make I'm going to throw all horrible, the, horrible. Gonna, no, no, he you're saying I'm going to throw out Everything the foundational reason for why Christ was sent. Yes. That, that's the none whole point. That, Have you been listening? We're going to suspend all that from your worldview. None of that applies. There is no reason for yes. it. There is no substance no, behind it. Literally no reason. Let's just toss it out the window and say, hey, God does not exist. Christianity is false because yes. I'm going to completely ignore what the foundational premise is. He's getting it. Yes. Human sacrifice cool, cool. is evil. So, so Animal world, sacrifice so, so what, is evil. So what it, no, no. So abusive relationship is, and they're gaslighting. It's an abusive wow. relationship. So basically, Not a guy you, want to date. you just, again, as I said in my opening statement, again, I'm a prophet, apparently. Um, you are now sitting on the 50-yard line screaming about how you deny the rules. There is nothing outside of the force field, and there and nothing could have ever happened to make all of this happen. It's just completely random. All right, I'm going to jump in really not, fast here. I'm, you have to be exist for the rules. Yeah. You're, that's the point you're trying to prove. We don't think there are rules that he made. We Amy, just I'm going to let physical. you respond. I'm sorry. Just let me get in here for one second. Yeah, if sure. it's good I with don't it. mind my passion. No, yeah, I understand. Um, if everyone's okay with it, after um, Amy gets to respond, we can go over to the questions. Is that okay with everyone? Uh, are we doing uh, okay. closing statements? Yeah. Can we have a few minutes for closing statements? I mean, it's fine if they even have some too. I mean, we just like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's fine. We can do Having that. Have fun. Um, Amy, you know what? If you want to go ahead and respond and wrap up with your closing statement, um, and then James, and then we'll go over to Maddox and Smokey, sure. and then we'll get to the question. Uh sure. I don't think anyone. I don't think either team convinced each other, but I had a fun debate, and in the end, I do not. It's not that I don't want to, because if this being existed, I would want to know. But it's just, I, not only do I not see good evidence for a deity, and specifically the Christian deity, I see many, many reasons to why they don't exist. Thank you. Let's have fun. You, you want to do a closing statement? Oh, and, uh, and you can find more of my stuff at my channel down below and get some comedy and skepticism. Thank you. Thank you so much, James, if you want to go ahead with your presentation. Well, again, I, I know I enjoyed the discussion today. I, again, I'd like to thank uh, these two distinguished representatives of the Christian faith for uh, uh, indulging our questions. Um, I don't think anybody's mind was changed. Like I said, there's so many things to talk about. It's hard to cram that much soy into one debate, but we you, we certainly tried to pack in it as much as we could, um, but I'm definitely open to uh, continuing to uh, outline the claims why Christianity is not a reasonable position. It is uh, the antithesis of reason. It is the suspension of reason. It's a suspension of logic. It's not plausible and it's probably not probable either. Um, and, and we didn't really hear any good evidence for that today. So. All right, all right, Smokey, if you want to go for sure. 
Yeah, um, really disappointing. Really disappointing in terms of even what was presented. And in fact, I am going to probably take James's uh, little uh, slideshow opening and have a fun time just picking that apart in asinine hilarity that it is uh, with Dr. Kenny Rhodes at some point on my channel. Um, and I guess I'll kind of go summarize. ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll come in and do it with you. Okay. Focus. Okay. That's a good idea, James. I like that. So, so focusing on that too, is the idea that what James tried to do was smuggle in a bunch of assumptions, some scholarly, some his own into historical acknowledgement. And this is commonly done with a misunderstanding of what the evidence and scholarship is actually pointing to, which is that there are alterations in language throughout the text. However, there are justifications for the text having been meticulously maintained over the generations, including something James unfortunately probably isn't familiar with. This is the work of Dr. Ivan Pannon in the heptatic structure of scripture, which gives us very strong evidence that not only was the Torah um, meticulously given to Moses, but potentially probably letter by letter. So um, there's lots of evidence to support the fact of the preservation of scripture and the only evidence James has to appeal to is the hypothetical assumptions of hyper-liberal scholarship to attempt to assume these alterations or updates in language or terms is somehow an addition to the text. And it's just not. And that's just his desperate grasp of attempting to yield to the most liberal, ridiculous, more recent versions of scholarship that just so happens to protect his bias. Also, we heard all sorts of fellatious arguments, challenges to the morality of God, which Amy is known for. Uh, I appreciate what's been revealed in that ridis ridiculous moral nightmare. Um, but yeah, I, I really think that all of us should focus and spend a little bit more time attempting to be a little more genuine to the actual book. Realize this was written in an ancient culture, handed to an ancient people in terms that they would recognize and to assume for it to manifest as anything other than that is you just acting in your own hubris and desperation for self-validation to reject the obvious that the Christian do God does indeed exist and is the most reasonable of all God claims. I yield. All right. Thank you so much, Smokey and Maddox, if you want to finish up with your closing statement. Well, tonight is yet another proof of the standard atheist position that they don't actually have to rationally look at things that don't enable them to escape any accountability um, to uh, to God or just anything external to themselves. And the level of desperation knows no bounds. I mean, the the irony is this is now I think the sixth or seventh debate I've done where I have made predictions in my opening statements to which my opponents literally act like they didn't ever happen. They never existed. <laughs> it's very ironic. It continues over and over again. But um, I think the audience, you know, I've come to the, re you know, the, my opponents talked about how we didn't convince them. Well, I don't think they actually have any intention of being convinced. And because of the level, the same denials continue infinitum. but I don't come on to these debates to actually try and convince the opponent because I don't think they have an intent. Um, I do this for the people who in the, now and in the future will think about these things. And as I said in my opening statement, um, begin to ponder, consider, and perhaps at some point take the time to go and research for themselves and go beyond the standard talking points that are spewed ad nauseum by 
the desperate atheists and see if it is actually a more rational conclusion to believe that a God exists. All that said, uh, going to be having an after show. I usually don't do after shows after a debate that I do because I'm tired, but uh, this one decided I'm going to. So uh, head on over to my channel. I'm going to uh, post a link in uh, the chat. We'll have a good time. We open mic and love to get in input from other folks. So appreciate your time. And uh, whether in spite of our uh, confrontations, Amy and James, you have bigger uh, courage than the average person. So uh, at a minimum, I got to give you guys credit for uh, being willing to come on and uh, accept the challenge. Oh, and uh, thank you, Carissa, for being an awesome mod. Well, thank you, Maddox. Um, and we will get over to questions now. Um, really excited about these questions. It looks like there's a good number. We're going to have to go through them somewhat quickly, but I think we'll we'll definitely get through them all. Um, bring them on. You. What's that? Bring them on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. First one is from Nightmare. Thank you so much says awesome opening smoky and maddox thank you nightmare appreciate it one of appreciate my that. love you bro next one i'm doing these in order it's from maddox mino he's <laughs> thank you for the five dollars he says the moderator is hot next <laughs> one <laughs> she's married back off <laughs> true Chris, i don't know if you noticed this but in chat there were many people complimenting like chris's hair is so hot I don't, if, I don't know if you saw that i was cracking up with that. don't let it make you feel uncomfortable they do the same thing to james <laughs> i know james and i are just off. <laughs> um next one is from barry barry thank you for the five dollars say at Smokey and at Maddox, exactly how many bales of hay did it take to construct all those straw men during your opening statements? Which, well, you, you see, like most atheists, it's just kind of an assertion of emotions of, oh, everything was terrible. Oh, it's all straw men. You know, you took the entire characters to summarize something that we can't even respond to as opposed to, I don't know, put a specific example of something that you thought a straw man was. Yeah, nice try, bro. Gotcha. Our <laughs> next one is from Experience in Prebiotic. Thank you for the 15. Say, at Theus, an all-powerful, all-good God would intervene whenever there is evil and suffering. Bottom line, Satan knows that God exists and yet he chose to rebel. So the free will argument is BS. That's, that's a requirement for us to accept a predeterministic paradigm into our worldview, which I already addressed with James multiple times, is not something we believe. You need to be able to pr prove predeterministic inside the narrative. Otherwise, we don't have to hold to that. Otherwise, God is open to allowing a reality to emerge of free will choices and then respecting them from his moral agency. It's not just him being all powerful and being all good. He's also all righteous, which means he has to actually operate with Within the confines of his righteous nature just as he does his goodness those things sometimes compete just like being just and being merciful sometimes compete but he is the highest a supreme version of both you just require these absolutist ideals in your challenge which don't actually fit to the claim you're the one straw manning this one unfortunately i i wanted to make a response unless you wanted to go maddox no go ahead go ahead I wanted to say, um, you know, I think it's funny that when we we see the dichotomy in the Bible, we see in the ancient past, God had no problem actively intervening and actively doing things to affect reality. 
Um, as we've moved forward where we could expect evidence of that, he just decided to invent the doctrine of divine hiddenness, and now he pretends like he's not there. He, he was active in the past, but all of a sudden now he doesn't want to do anything anymore. You ignored my uh, response, James. You ignored my response. No, no. Well, you're, yeah, you did. It was answered in Hebrews 11. There was something that changed. People were operating, or there were some people that were operating by walks of faith, which allowed a buffer for God to actually violate the divine hiddenness ordinance because they were living by faith. But this is also why those people had an extremely high level of accountability. It's not the type of thing that's generally a good environment for everyone because you're accountable for what you do almost in an instantaneous basis in a theocratic system. So the Jews were inside this system. There was a different measure, a different construct. You're trying to equate. It's a false equivocation. Gotcha. how it looks, but thank you. Um, next one is from Stupid Horror Energy. Thank you for the $10. Why would God use cytosine in the DNA code? It's prone to demonation and has to be repaired. The repair isn't 100%, so it's a major contributor to mutation rates. An engineer would replace cytosine. Well, that's a Maddox question for you sure. You know, stupid whore energy, I'm pretty sure you either you're copying somebody else's question or you've asked me that question before and apparently we're paying attention to the counterpoint that I made the last time. Um, so what have we discovered recently? You should go Google this. There's, there's papers about this in nature of how from an epigenetic perspective, the I think it's like the fifth position of the cytosine has dramatic importance in relation to methylation and different epigenetic factors which are directly uh relevant in a whole plethora of functions and the ability for it to be modified is what enables so many different facets of life to add functional functions of life to occur and there's specific repair mechanisms that are dedicated specifically to that issue while also maintaining the flexibility so go check up on that one all right next one is from barry barry this is addressed to Amy. Maddox and Smokey have no good evidence for Christianity, and apparently that's your problem, LOL. Um, was that a question or a statement? A statement, just oh, okay. toward you, yeah. Um, next one is from also Stupor Energy. They say, what makes you so sure that re um Alien, uh, re I'm not sure what they meant here. Um, I think reanalyzing the problem won't be solved. Uh, sorry, I did not understand that. I don't, I'm not 100% sure. I, what they I mean. think she's trying to say there's problems like with the biogenesis, but why do you think that we won't find an answer? You know, the more experimentation we do and the more we understand about it, that's how I took it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that one's pretty straightforward. I mean, the more experiments we do, the more complexity and the more barriers to entry that we find. I mean, we're not getting closer. We're getting further away. Like, we're understanding more and more of what is required, but not accounting for how it could be pulled off. I mean, it's a, it, it's a major problem. I mean people just need to go and read books on this i mean from 2020 and this is it freely admitted by many atheist abiogenesis researchers all right next one is from rodent um no, no last name 
Thank you for being the dumpster fire that warms my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Next one is from Barry Barry. Smokey, if God stops the killer, then you say it's a violation of free will. But if I stop the killer, then it's not a violation of free will. What it's they're both violations of free will. It's just the acting agency is different, and you don't know. This is the problem with atheist perspective. It's all based upon their own finite scope. So again, it's the guys always asking why is there so much evil, never asking why there isn't more. The hand of God could be in so many instances where you wouldn't notice because you only notice things when they go wrong. It's like you'll hear about the story of the mass shooter who shot up a theater with 30 people. You won't hear about the story about the mass shooter stopped outside the theater with the armed guy with the handgun. That's the issue is you guys focus and fixate on why it's so horrible. You don't even ascertain and try to ask questions of why it's not worse. And maybe that has to do with the fact that there is a good God that is ultimately looking over some of these things and not allowing it to get to a certain level of bad. Gotcha. All right, next one is from Mike Billers at Maddox. When your child talks to you, do you respond? Can your child see you and interact with you? I'm not going to respond to a juvenile question like that. Obviously, that's the case. All right, uh, next one is from Angel Gray. They say, God creates man, sets him up to fail, and then condemns man forever. This is about it, what loving God would do this. That's not, that's an assertion, again, predestinarian approach. That's not what we believe. You're requiring God to actually make a prejudgment is what you're doing. You're requiring God to violate his, his actual righteous state. The, this unfortunately would have to be a longer answer but if you judge someone before they actually do it you're being unrighteous and god is righteous so he is by his nature taking a morally passive as opposed to a morally proactive stance to respect his nature and also respect the nature of reality which is an environment for the expression of free love which requires the expression of free will choice you're just again requiring an alteration to the nature of reality which is inconsistent with the claim itself I would just want to throw in there that uh, God has no problem judging people for uh, the sins that their parents committed. So that's no, you're now you're trying to shoehorn in again that literalism, James. And you know what? That's he that's a really bad. You don't you get you don't get to make a whole new point in the question and answer period, dude. Especially another straw man. So why don't you just save it? You want to come to an after show and ask it? I'll go and destroy it there. Just making a point, Smokey. A horrible one. Appreciate uh, it. I, I know. All right. Next one is Helian, Helianthus. Uh, thank you so much. They say, Amy, you said my parents are Jewish. Does that imply that you are not Jewish? Are you invoking the ideology in not And what does that prove? Uh, I, 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 I don't call myself a cultural Jew. Um, I'll celebrate Hanukkah with my parents when they do it to go over, but I don't celebrate it myself personally. And yeah. Well, are what your parents... The, what was the uh, end of the question? Again? It was, it was, I thought it was kind of asking if you were just ethnically Jewish or just like religiously Jewish or your parents were... I mean, Jewish. it's complicated. You know, I'm, uh, my, my whole family's Ashkenazi. Um, but... You know, and, and so I could sometimes say maybe my ethnicity is Ashkenazi, and you could say maybe I'm an Ashkenazi atheist. 
but you know it's complicated I, I because on one hand um i'm trying to get rid of judaism on the other hand i really hate the nazis and all the people who hate jews and so i'm stuck in like this weird middle thing <laughs> oh will you stop it it's it's the book i hate i mean you know i'm, I'm fine with israel and existing and i'm fine ancestor it's their religion like i i like bacon and there's not gonna be a book that's like yeah no 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 bacon's really bad tell me the, the guy up there told me trust you me. know it is but, actually yeah. generally considered to be unhealthy food right uh actually no pigs are actually uh healthy or clean creatures they don't go they only yeah, go in but, mud no they no, don't no. Go in shit no or but other... the the actual caloric and fat content of pig meat there was a time awesome. where before like fire where you could say that you could get diseases from them, but the no, I mean, it. okay, Amy, again, in a general sense of modern nutritional standards, pork is not a good meat to rely upon. Would you agree or no? Um, well, now you're trying to go from health standards. I'm, yeah, I'm just right, going what? by what tastes good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's literally there. The, if you were to say, okay, I don't know, it's maybe not God good just anymore, wanted them to like be like, hey, by the way, this food's not good for you. But whatever. Okay. Well, Smokey, let, let's move on from this one because, as Amy just showcased, um, she likes the way things make her feel, right. not whether or not there's any substantive reason to do or not to do something behind it because she loves the way it tastes. All right, I'm going to extrapolate let that out anywhere else. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, it, once again, because these are two Christians who eat bacon. So they, they throw, they yeeted the Jewish rules and they're like, yeah, 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 it's not in the, the 10. The 10's like my throw pillow. I, I, that's what I like, not the 600. I'm not going to follow the 600 rules of a deity that I don't follow. It's just a guy. It's just a bunch of guys who wrote stuff down and then people just kept on following it. They weren't special guys. They were normal guys inspired by themselves who wrote the Bible. All that's right. All it is. Next one, thank you so much. The next one is from James Labrado. He says, James, all religions are wrong is an unsubstantiated claim. Science's discovery of natural phenomena does nothing to disprove a god. Read William James, the variety of religious experience, by the way. Okay, so when you, it's very difficult to prove beyond a doubt that something doesn't exist, but we generally don't believe something exists unless we have evidence that it actually exists. What we're saying is there's no justifiable reason to believe in a God, not that it's objectively impossible for there to be one. Why do you I, get, I can't prove that, but... James, can I, I ask I, you? Why, why does your standard get to be the standard everyone else is supposed to accept? Well... It's not. Everyone decides for themselves. Awesome. I'm making. Thank you. I am making the case. So your statement just doesn't matter. I am making the case that it's my opinion, and you can do with it what you will. You're here giving your opinion. People can do with that what they will. That's all we can do, Smokey. Well, I've uh, been giving actual. That's all evidence. we have are opinions. You've only been giving uh, your epistemological opinion as to what constitutes a standard of good evidence. We, we actually provide evidence. See, this is the difference between your stance and ours, James. Oh, well, I'm going to let James respond to that since the, the question was directed toward James and then we can go on to the next one. You, you know, if there was real good evidence, I would, I would convert back to Christianity today. I just haven't seen any. I didn't become an atheist because I didn't like Christianity or because 
of any other reason other than I became convinced that it wasn't true objectively and uh, why uh, follow something you can't say that you can only say subjectively I'm sorry but that's a lie it's my opinion that yes. it's objectively untrue. So it's subjective. It's your subjective opinion that it's objective. Uh, that's a word salad, but I guess so. <laughs> okay. not, 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 not to quote G-Man too much, but subjective, objective opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one is from um, Shaw Thomas. You say the only place you can find proof for God is through this video. One, two, three, four, five, proof of God. <laughs> what? Okay. What? <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Yes, we're done now. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> Next one is from KO Champ FTT. It says, 1 Samuel 15, 3, God orders the deaths of every man, woman, child, and fictional people who can't be proven to exist. God wills it, I hmm. guess. Well, I guess if they're fictional, then you don't have to worry about making a challenge to the claim, do you? All right. Um, I know there's a few more. I was thinking that it's going to be a little longer. I refreshed it, so give me, <laughs> give me one second. No problem. Um, all right, next question is from Stupid Horror Energy. <laughs> Uh, C to T mutations break Alpha Helix's genius. Oh, good lord! I think you, you've asked me this one before too. I think um, as a follow up to the last time, and uh, it's also known that Alpha Helices are more robust to mutations than Beta strands. So it seems that that engineer that you're claiming doesn't do anything to account for optimization and variability actually accounted for that and that the structures that you're saying disprove that are actually more robust in relation in anticipation of what you're referring to so why don't you go look up on that genius all right um and that is actually all of the super chats that we have for today so oh and carissa um i always talk trash just stupid horn energy i love you too i saw it in the chat so I, was, <laughs> I was gonna give you good zingers <laughs> Um, but I'm thank smoking you. illogical. I heart you too. Just wanted to say that, even though we get heated, passionate. <laughs> no hard feelings. No hard feelings. <laughs> James yeah. is a Patreon. I can't have hard feelings. He gives me money every month. <laughs> uh, well, you. you do a lot of work for our Friend cause, Smokey. I <laughs> yeah, I figured you'd say something like that. So, uh, Smokey, uh, are you ready today to give your life over to reason? And reality <laughs> as are you willing to accept reality on its own terms and make the truth the Lord you know of your life? james you haven't presented anything that leads me to believe that you are operating in anything close to what i would consider reality so if it's if it's reality based upon how you're judging it and justifying it i think i'll pass all right and with that thank you so much for tuning in tonight and thank you to all of our speakers tonight for taking times out of your busy schedules um, don't forget to check them out in the description box below and keep separating the reasonable from the unreasonable. Have an incredible rest of your night.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.